Most people don't realize that while the government funds a portion of hospital operations, it does not fund the equipment and technology that patients use here every single day. We know we're raising funds for the very top priorities within the hospital because they've identified them for us. Having said that, our donors have been extremely generous. We've raised $37 million over the last five years alone. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I am your host, along with my co-host, Lindsay Wilson. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. We're making time for podcasts during our busy time of year for review meetings. So that's right. It was kind of fun today to get a bit of a break from the grind of all the meetings, which have been fun, but there's just a lot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Today, we're really excited to have Leslie Highway on the show with us today. And it was wonderful to chat with Leslie about all of the strategies around charitable giving for Peterborough Regional Health Center. Yeah, so I find it amazing how much the foundations for hospitals are responsible for. And most people, I obviously will talk about this in more detail, or less we will in the episode, but basically government is funding the staff, but the money for the equipment. So for hospitals to have up-to-date equipment, that's really on the foundations. Yeah, and it truly is a community effort to equip your regional hospital. It's from the community for the community. It's amazing that way. Absolutely. So for all our listeners, this one is talk with specifically around the CEO of the PRAC, Peterborough Regional Health Center Foundation. But for our Canada-wide listeners, it's a very similar situation that really should relate wherever you are. So definitely worth a listen. Our U.S. <laughs> listeners, this one might be a little bit, I may be out of touch. But anyway, we really hope that you guys enjoy the show as much as we did. Yeah. A little bit about Leslie is that She's dedicated her career to the health care needs of her community, so Peterborough Region, and through her leadership of the Peterborough Regional Health Center Foundation. As president and CEO, she leads a team of dedicated and passionate professionals, and together with the community they've raised, and this is incredible, $37 million over the last five years to ensure world-class health care remains the standard. Also, just to know about Leslie, that she serves on the Association for Healthcare Philanthropy, Canada Council Board, and she's also a mentor with the Association of Fundraising Professionals. And in 2021, she received the fellow designation from the Association for Healthcare Philanthropy, an honor bestowed on less than 2% of the professionals working in her field. Pretty incredible all around. It is. The one thing I didn't know about Leslie was why she's so passionate about it, which she speaks a little bit to in the episode as well. And I'm sure that's mm -hmm. why she's so effective as CEO of the foundation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I hope everyone enjoys the show. So Leslie, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Joe. Thank you so much for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Well, it's our pleasure, as I think everybody knows that anyone related in the field of healthcare right now is kind of run off their feet. I know you're no different, so we really appreciate you being here today. My pleasure. Lindsay and I have lots of questions, but again, we don't want to keep it too long, so we'll get right into it. I'll let Lindsay get started. Sure. 
Yeah, and welcome, Leslie. I'm just curious about your background and how did you come to be the CEO of Peterborough Regional Health Center Foundation? So I've had a number of careers over the last 25 years, but none that I've held as long as my role at the Peterborough Regional Health Center Foundation, and certainly none that bring as much joy and meaning and make such a significant impact on the community. I guess just to back up a little bit, so I began my career as a teacher, laterally. Prior to joining the foundation, I led a dental company serving dentists from coast to coast. And it was there, we actually led a fundraising effort there to build a dental clinic, to contribute towards a dental clinic in Cambodia. And it was my first touch at fundraising. And when that company was sold, I elected not to go because it was relocating to the GTA. And this is my community. This is where I want to make a difference. But I took some purposeful time to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. And I knew that I wanted to join the not-for-profit sector and really make a difference through my work in the community. And I strongly feel this is what I'm supposed to do. Personally, when I was much younger, I watched my mom drive two hours to take my dad for radiation therapy from a small maritime town. She'd leave on Sunday night and she'd come back on Friday night with my dad because it's consecutive days for five days. And having care close to home is just such an important thing. And when the opportunity came up to interview for the role of CEO here at Peterborough Regional Health Center Foundation, I jumped at it. I'm honored to be in the role and I'm so thrilled to lead a passionate team of people who work with our donors every day, making such a difference here in the community. We have a wonderful board and just absolutely incredible donors. That's wonderful. Um, Peterborough being your region, I'm just wondering if you could tell us a bit about who the hospital serves and sort of which, is it just the general Peterborough region or further than that? When the doors of Peterborough Regional opened in 2008, It became Peterborough Regional, formerly Peterborough Civic. It took a couple of years of being Peterborough Regional, I'd say, to really grow into our regional shoes. We actually serve quite incredible geography. So we serve up to 600,000 patients all the way from East Durham, north, beyond Halliburton on the verge of Algonquin, south through to Coburg, and east to just about all the way to Napanee. And within that geography, we have five wonderful smaller partner hospitals who refer their patients here for all of our regional programs like cardiac care, cancer care, and vascular care. So we serve Peterborough for all of Peterborough's needs, but the regional piece is quite significant. And it was actually during the pandemic period that Peterborough became the hub hospital, formerly designated the hub hospital, sort of between Durham and all the way to Belleville. So a large regional hospital is what we are today, what we've grown into. Amazing. I think it's hard to believe or most people don't realize how many people are served by the hospital. So I'm glad that you shared that. And then you can maybe give us some light on the importance of the foundation, because I think most people think healthcare is all funded by the government. So maybe you could just talk about why it's so important to have the foundation and what kind of programs or equipment that is funded by the foundation. You're right, Joe. Most people don't realize that while the government funds a portion of hospital operations, it does not fund the equipment and technology that patients use here every single day. So the PRHC Foundation is arm's length entity from the hospital. We have our own board of directors charged with careful, careful stewardship of donor funds. Having said that, we work inextricably close together. We have a wonderful relationship, senior team to senior team, board to board. The hospital on an annual basis leads what's called a capital planning process right across the hospital where they identify the top equipment and priorities for the upcoming year, but also out five years into the future. And that forms the basis of our fundraising and community engagement effort. It also allows me and our team to turn to donors and say, we know we're raising funds for the very top priorities within the hospital because they've identified them for us. 
Having said that, our donors have been extremely generous. We've raised $37 million over the last five years alone. And there is not an area of the hospital that I can walk into, Joe, that donors haven't touched. So I'll cite a few examples. Most of the technology in the emergency department, MRIs, CTs, ultrasounds and DI, a lot of lab technology, cardiac cath labs, angiography suites where minimally invasive surgery happens, most of the technology in labor and delivery, neonatal intensive care unit. Like truly, I almost walk nowhere in the building without seeing a donor and knowing that a donor has touched the lives of every patient that has come to our hospital. That's pretty amazing. And I know when I first kind of heard the same thing from you, it blew my mind how well the impact that the foundation is having, how important it is really and how necessary it is. Yeah. So it's obviously it's like that in Ontario. Do you know, is it like that Canada-wide? Is that basically the way it works? Yeah. Hospital foundations, some of the Alberta health system, there's a few where they're more system-based, like foundations working to support entire systems. And that can be the case in Ontario too, in larger geographic areas like GTA. But for the most part, hospital foundations are indeed charged with doing that. The last thing I'd just like to add, Joe, and something that I also think, going back to your point about things that might not be well known, is the role that donors play in physician recruitment. So when a physician, you know, graduates, finish their training, and they're looking for places that they may wish to consider working, I can't share enough the role that equipment and technology and the donors play in that because those interviews are a two-way street. It's the specialist interviewing, you know, they're being interviewed by hospital medical affairs. On the flip side, the physician's very much looking at the space. Am I going to have tools to deliver the best possible patient care? So I also like to share with donors and certainly your audience that donors also play a really key role in our hospital's ability to attract and retain physicians and also bringing new life-saving services here. They're fundamental to all of that. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. I guess from a physician standpoint or surgeon, if they're learning with certain tools when they're doing their training, they probably want to make sure they're going to have those same tools to actually work with when they get into the field. Yeah, I would say same tools or same caliber of tools just to ensure that if they've learned on certain technology that has really fantastic imaging, they can see fine detail. They just want to know that when they come to work at Peterborough Regional, it's not always about having state of the art, but if you have 10, 11, 12-year-old technology, it's kind of like our iPhones or our TVs or computers. Like They just don't operate as well. They don't give a physician certainly the caliber of visuals or tools that they need to deliver their best possible care. So it is pretty important for sure. Just curious about the types of donors, the different types of donors you have, whether it's someone who donates a larger lump sum, a monthly donor, a legacy donor, whether it's from a million dollars to just $20. I'm curious about how people can become a donor as well. All of that, Lindsay. (laughs) Absolutely all of it. So in an average year, you know, we raise somewhere between seven and eight million dollars in order to keep the hospital in current technology. Our, quote, new hospital is now 14 years old. So all the technology that came in now, a lot of it must be replaced, but we're never replacing like with like. We're always looking to deliver better care. But to directly answer your question, all donors contribute to all of that. So whether it's a donor who makes a $20 gift through the mail, a monthly donor who has such confidence in our organization that they are giving monthly so that we can best use their donations for a specific priority when we need, gifts of publicly traded securities, legacy gifts, planned gifts made through wills are incredibly important. We're the second oldest community in Canada, so we have quite a mature program of sharing the difference that gifts and wills make with our donors. All of those different gifts, third-party events, events that we might host, there's no such thing as a small gift. All gifts come together to help us 
move the dial on the level of care that's available for the entire region. Awesome. And one of the reasons I guess we're doing our whole series on charitable plan giving is we want to make people familiar with the different ways to give. Also, ways people can give in a way to maximize their dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't give a lot of thought to how they're giving. They give because they're passionate about a cause or they care about a cause. And a lot of cases, there's ways people can give more money just by planning a little bit more and trying to think about tax savings, all that kind of stuff. So one thing I haven't talked a lot about to any audience really, but I thought it may be fitting right now because Leslie, you're involved in this, but my wife, Ashley, and I, and thinking of ways to get kind of creative about giving is we pledged a million dollars to the hospital through like a legacy gift, which spoiler alert, we don't have a million dollars right now to give. <laughs> so one way we were very intentional about our planning and think of what we wanted to do was we were able to pledge that million dollars, but really it's only going to cost us the equivalent of before tax, it's like $5,000 a year for 20 years. But the reality is we get about 43% of that back from a charitable tax receipt. So costing us much, much less, a little over $50,000 to give a million dollars when the two of us pass away. So I thought I would just bring that up as a way that intentional planning or giving can allow people to make a much bigger impact. That's kind of the definition of strategic giving, Joe, what you just described there is working with your advisor. In this case, you are the advisor, but you know, looking at how to make the largest possible gift in a way that makes the most sense for you at the stage of your life and the maximum possible return to the charity. That's totally it. And like you've certainly done that. We're very grateful for what you and Ashley have done. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Well, I mean, it's something that is important to us to be able to do that. We're from the community. Our kids were born there. Ashley works in labor and delivery. So <laughs> that's an important organization for us. But on the same hand, when people are listening, I mean, there's lots of different ways to give. I don't think the hospital probably wants everybody to do a life insurance policy and wait. <laughs> <laughs> but the point there is really just about being intentional and being able to maximize kind of what you're giving. So I do want to make sure I brought that up. I love that you brought that up. Life insurance, you know, you certainly been very creative in how you've done that based on your stage of life. And there are a number of business owners who may have life insurance policies where there may be premiums owing, the policy may be paid up, policies can be assigned. A lot of people don't know that life insurance is even a charitable gift vehicle or that it can be a wonderful planned gift. Gifts of securities, many people also don't know that the capital gains tax has been eliminated. So someone that has a security that's appreciated over a number of years, that's certainly a wonderful strategic way to make a gift. And then I guess through estate planning, there are a variety of things. The one that I most commonly see is gifts in wills, where either there's a fixed amount, people have named several charities that have been important to them during their lifetime, or perhaps a residual after friends and family and loved ones have been taken care of through their estate planning. So yeah, there's a number of ways. And generally, our advice will always be to our donors to please speak to your advisor about what's best for your particular financial situation, your stage of life. One thing I would love for your audience to know, Joe, is that we're here to support those conversations, whether it's your audience has a specific interest in an area of care because donors can designate their gifts to an area that's important to them. Maybe their family has been touched by heart disease or cancer or had a premature baby born into their family. And we're happy to share what the priorities are when it's the right time for them. And most certainly, we honor all designated gifts if the donor chooses to restrict it as well. So working with the advisor, we can tailor something that then becomes even more meaningful to the donor. Perfect. Yeah. That's great to know because sometimes, like you said, it's a specific type of care someone's received that they want to make sure that area of the hospital or that kind of program gets the money. So I think it's important people know that they can talk to you guys and also just talk to you about different ways that they can give, right? But Yes, of course. 
Your advisor is always a good place to start as well. And if you haven't already listened to this episode, to all of our listeners, Mark Halpern had a really great episode with us where he gave us probably enough uh, charitable planet ideas to (laughs) probably take you a few listens through to even kind of wrap your head around some of the stuff that he's talking about. Yeah. What to do with your CPP. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. (laughs) If there's anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about the foundation, and also how can people, if they wanted to have that conversation, reach out to you or the foundation? Lindsay, maybe if I could just share what we're currently working on. Sure. And then, yeah, sure, how they can reach out. Today, we're working on a key priority. It's in the area of interventional radiology. And many people won't know, won't be familiar with that. It's actually called, even within the hospital, it's called medicine's best kept secret because it's not like the cath lab. You know, you're there when you're getting a cardiac stent, but interventional radiology, you might not be familiar. But it's an area of diagnostic imaging, which, you know, diagnostic imaging of things like MRIs and CTs. But in this area, the interventional radiologists use minimally invasive surgical tools or minimally invasive interventions, I guess I'll call them. They're guided by either CT or ultrasound. So not open surgery, just fine little incisions that are made. But the things that they can do through this minimally invasive surgery, I mean, anything from alleviating pain through the injecting of a cement that goes between vertebra, removing cancerous tumors, treating cancerous tumors, stopping hemorrhaging in a young mom who may have just had a baby who's hemorrhaging, all kinds of, I think of them like pioneers because until they're in there, they're not really sure what they're going to be faced with and what the outcomes are going to look like. For us, over the next year, it's a $6 million investment in re-equipping the two suites that were built when the hospital was built are now too small for the sheer number of medical professionals and technology that need to be within them. And we also want to build a step-down suite that can handle the more routine day-to-day procedures so that these suites are available in more extenuating, challenging, acute circumstances. And we need to expand the recovery room as well. So this is just a key piece. The biggest, certainly a huge benefit to seniors because less recovery time, it's less traumatic, less chance of infection. So this particular interventional radiology can be the difference between a senior being able to go home or not being able to go home and potentially needing respite care throughout their recovery until they're well enough to go home. But I just want to share that. That's just a key thing that we're working on right now. Something I do want to touch on. So we're available every day of the week. You can find us on our website at prhcfoundation.ca. You can call 8705-876-5000. I have a wonderful team, wonderful, caring, passionate team of people who are always happy to hear from people and to speak with them, to listen to what it is they're trying to accomplish. A lot of gifts in our environment come from grateful patient experiences. So someone who's had care at the hospital, they want to maybe honor their caregiver. They want to send a card. They want to make a gift. They want to give back for the great care that they've received. So we're always happy to hear from them and we're more than happy to work with people on the designation of their gift and sharing with them what the most important priorities are in the area of care that's most important to them. Amazing. Thanks for sharing, Leslie. We'll make sure we get all of that info in the show notes. Anyone listening can find the show notes at matthewsassociates.ca slash podcasts and then find the episode with Leslie Highway. So Leslie, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun having you on the show today. Oh, it's been great, Joe. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, 
and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.